0: Hello and welcome to this wonderful show called A Brief Opinion in which I, your host, Jose, gives out his brief opinion on matters around the world. So today, after it is the 7th of July, uh, on May 4th, our nation's birthday, I had to work like many people out there, which is insane to me. I don't know about you guys, but like I think it's insane that out of all the holidays that we have in this nation, we can't, and we are not allowed, or we don't have the 4th of July off? Like, what's that about? You know what I mean? I don't really understand why we got Thanksgiving off. Like, I get it. But why not the 4th? It's our nation's birthday. Everybody should be off. Not just federal employees. I, there needs to be a national holiday in which nobody works. Why, you may ask. Why, you may wonder. Because, historically... There are holidays in which people celebrate. Now, in the past, you may be wondering, well, how do people get a beer? How do people go to a party? Well, they had slaves. You know, they had them in Rome, they had them in America, but, it, you know, everyone had slaves. But now, we don't have them, which means that you can have a party in which you host, and then you can take care of, you know, whoever you invite, or you can take care of them yourself. Because it should be mandatory that nobody works on the 4th of July. Again, you can probably hire some people who like really want to do it. But still, I would honestly say you can host your own parties, have a small gathering with friends and family, which is all about, or have large gatherings. But only if people want to work, meaning that on the 4th of July, everybody's off. And say, hey, if you want to get a gig at a restaurant or whatever, you know, as a Waiter or whatever. You can do it. But not mandatory. That's ridiculous. I don't think it should be mandatory. Now I've seen flaws with my system. But I think it should still be. Everybody off. No matter what. Uh, with this being said. Let's go on to Le France. Viva la France. Le France. Je suis amé. Le France Paris. En, enchanté. Uh, citadelle. Now. For all those people who don't know who don't know French or who don't speak French, I have just said, French or France, is kind of gay and it's falling apart. There's a lot of riots and there seems to be a quite frequency of them as of late. Now, if you do speak French, uh, you know this is exactly what I said. But if you don't speak French, as the French would say, well, les chocolats. Bucket. Anyway, so Le France has fallen, which is hysterical, which is amazing, which is not really true. I mean France has not fallen, but over the weekend or the past weekend, about two weeks ago now, a young man named Naeli, I think, whatever, Nahel, and I know I said whatever, but you know. Yeah, we're in America. People get shot all the time, so You know i know it's uncommon for the french at least when well at least within their own country you know outside of it yeah they shoot a lot of people historically without mercy uh which is what people were celebrating during morocco i think it was on the sixth where there was like morocco's independence day they were celebrating that so a police officer shoots this kid 17 year old you know and then he was like 17 year old man as I always do but Seventeen-year-old gets shot by a cop who says, Yeah, I was afraid he was gonna run people over," etc., etc. Whatever you know, you know the game. You know the game. You know how they be. And he shot the kid. So there were protest over it. His mother, his parents. You know they're protesting. People join. Other French people join. You know the media was like, "Oh, Sacre bleu, le Home on etc police, et tremal, you know, the usual French, uh, framework, you know how they be, so, then what happens is, Emmanuel Macron, uh, he's at a concert, cause you know, that was, I think it's elden John, over there in, in France, so he goes to this concert, he's like, well, well, uh, je suis wish, uh, enjoying, le concert. uh, I cannot leave, le, uh, bibliothèque, across, and, uh, American, and the police yeah we you know typical french stuff so what he ends up doing is you know next day you know curious hangover, over you know chill willy willy nilly he says you know the police officer we're going to arrest him you know justice is going to be served everybody chill out and of course nobody chills out so the protest continue for a couple of days a lot of people get arrested a bunch of things get burned and destroyed uh, the right-wing narrat- narrative, or as I like to call them, the RPs or red pill, which is the far right, well, which is the right closest to the far, so red pill is the equivalent of like woke left, so you know, so the RPs in Paris uh, and around the world begin to be like, oh, this is exactly what happens when you're letting refugees, you know, They're going to destroy your nation, you need to take it back. You know, Le Pen, which is uh, one of France's, uh, which was Emmanuel Macron's uh, top competitor, who is famously the daughter of a guy who who was kind of racist. But then again, I mean, most French people were. I mean, they were a colonial empire. And you will be happy to know that they still have a colonial empire, kind of. They have a a piece of land in uh, South America called French uh, Guyana. Uh, if you were ever at a trivia night and they ask you who does France share uh, its largest border with, you c- should say uh, with Brazil. So it's not Spain, it's not Italia, Belgium, or whatever. It's Brazil, cause French Belgian, or I'm sorry, French Guiana is there. They also have co- a couple other uh, islands and things here and there. They control the currency of West and Central African nations with their uh, franc. And uh, they get money sent to them from uh, all these, com- all these uh, bunch of African nations. So they get money from them uh, as a sort of tax, colonial tax thing. So they get money from col- their ex-colonies. They control the currency of a lot of their ex-colonies. And French has secret wars in Africa. That's why in the movie Black Panther 2, the French were the uh, baddies, as they would say, or the baddies. That's also why the Prime Minister of Italy, or the President, whatever they have over there, you know, Italy is kind of a weird country that shouldn't exist. Hashtag bring back Rome. But uh, Mussolini, arguably the second fascist Failed. Fail. If you want to know who the first fascist is, uh, it was a guy named, what was his name? Crap, I don't know, I forgot his name. But you should look up, who's, who's the, who was the first fascist? Um, it was not Mussolini, Mussolini. How his brown shirts, but he made it cool. Uh, Let me see if I can find that in my books. I'll check it out. But in the meantime, uh, Le Pen, or I'm sorry, in the meantime, the French are still the baddies, you know. So they have their colonies, or their semi autonomous uh, colonies, and everybody has called them out. The US knows, you know, Italy knows. Uh, Here's the name his name is Gabriel D'Annunzio. He was a. pretty cool dude in italy uh he was kind of like mussolini before mussolini but he wasn't fascist he was more of a fascist pre -pre pre-fascist i mean fascist is kind of the fault of a lot of countries but uh he was arguably the first fascist in italy uh back to france shall we say so on the rp side you know you were the mention they were mentioning that this is what's happening when french uh, brings all these immigrants and it creates a bad situation because they want to overthrow the country there were memes being thrown around, you know uh, Arabs control or <laughs> France gets controlled by uh, Morocco, you know France gets liberated by Morocco, etc etc. there were also videos of people saying the only reason we're here in France and they said it in perfect French unlike me who speaks uh, un a petit, un petite français. Uh, they were like, we're well, only here for the the life card, you know, their their social services, you know, because they got, like, a socialized medicine. We're only here for the red passport. That's it. That's it. But, you know, Morocco, number one, Allah Akbar, you know, all the usual uh, mumbo-jumbo, whatever they have. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of kids who, or people in general, come from Arab world, from the Arab world, who are like, yeah, we don't like this country. We're just here for all the amenities, which I suppose it's cool i mean i mean it's not cool obviously but you can imagine why a lot of people feel that the french owe them why because they're wanting to a lot of those nations and destroy it and extract resources and they're still doing that for many uh with their colony old tax and by controlling their you know currency and stuff they also have a lot of diplomatic and military uh capabilities and resources and they're not afraid to use it the French are still a colonial massive superpower. They're sort of like a secondary power. Uh, they can probably go toe-to-toe with the Russians. They got their own nuclear weapons. They um, tested them in, I believe, Algeria. And they have them. They have a few of them, a couple hundred, which deters a lot of countries from invading country from invading France. So the only way they can get him will be with the uh, coup d'etat from within. Uh, going to try to look up, what's his name, uh, France, uh, citizenship, citizenship. To its former colonies, I forgot what it was called, but essentially they gave him a French passport or French. Okay, so overseas territory, one parent. Okay, so this isn't just. Okay, can a French citizen, or French? For French citizens by descendants based on having at least one French grandparent and does not require fluency in French or French citizens in French. The French citizenship by ancestry program cap is a popular, affordable way to obtain French citizens by descendants. So as you can see, you know, there's a lot of there's other people who were who have a French descendant, who are not necessarily born in France, can get a citizenship passport to go to France or any of their, of I guess their other colonies, but honestly a lot of people just want to go to France. So a lot of people within the French uh, Republic, because it is a republic, have said that they need to end this, right? They need to end this to where people cannot get a French passport or citizenship that do not, uh, were born in France, right? They were not or don't have French parents. So, you know, a lot of people are more prone to take this stance uh, as opposed to a few years where they may have said, no, we owe it to them, which they kind of do, but at the same time, you can't have a lot of distress in a nation and, and you don't know, have it destroyed because you have terrible immigration policies and because you have terrible integration policies. Because I don't know if any of you know how this happens, but uh, what happens is when a, a group of immigrants comes to a nation, particularly, let's, let's take uh, France, for example. How about other people coming from Africa or the Middle East, you know, countries that are predominantly uh muslim and have their own cultures and you know Muslims share a lot of cultures but not everything they share a lot of you know religion and certain customs but they go to these ghettos right and they they live in subpar conditions right and everybody knows the ghettos we have them here in the us of a in fact we have plenty of them so they go to these ghettos where they're essentially surrounded by everything else they're isolated to this part of the city again a ghetto uh, and while they're not exactly you know not permitted to go out into the city they do, they go out into the city they, they're they not integrated, That uh, they're in a far isolated part of the city, they don't get to into the city easily they're within their own community you know, and then a lot of uh, things simmer, particularly hatred, because you are in a French country, aka France and it is a very rich and wealthy country, yet it doesn't seem like it gives you any opportunities, right? you go there because you want a better life But then you end up in a situation that's, in many ways, just as bad as the one you left without, you know, the comforts of home. So you don't have your family, you don't have the language. It's a new nation, and France is terrible at integrating, and so is every other country. And the reason being is because people don't want their countries to spend money in foreigners, right? You have a lot of uh, immigrants or refugees, you put them in a small part of the city where you can keep an eye on them. You can keep them separated and isolated. And even if it has running water, it has electricity, <laughs> it's, t- it's more prone to crime because there isn't a, a path forward, right? There isn't a, a path to get a job, to learn the language, to get integrated. There is none of those uh, things that are very basic when you have uh, massive immigration and refugee crisis. So you have crime within those communities to obtain the things that you may need. So then, it simmers a lot of hatred, and then a lot of Islamophobia. You know, you mix those together. You mix people who don't who feel isolated. You know, you have a lot of rhetoric about how they stole their country, how their countries were exploited by by the French and they were, and by the Europeans, which they were. And then now that they told them, hey, you can come over here, or that you run away for a better opportunity, you come to Europe. Well, you get treated like a second-class citizen, and you are not given any. I don't know, any chance to move forward. Uh, and, you know, there are some arguments that, like why would they give him anything? Like you're in the country, you get, you know, some good benefits. Uh, a lot of people take advantage of that, obviously, but, in, uh, but there is enough of a population that is going to be better and that's going to protest and be resentful and do commit terrorist acts. And then everybody else who's not resentful, who has taken advantage of it, who's like, yeah, you know, this is bad, but uh, we can work hard and get things to be better, they're going to suffer just as much because guess what? All it takes is one dude that looks like you to do a bad thing, and then guess what? You and everybody else that looks like you is going to get blamed for it, no matter what. That's how life works. Again, you know, I have given a brief explanation of how, you know, things go from bad or how. People get extreme. You know how people believe a certain ideology, that results in lashing out against society. Pretty clear. Everybody has it. Everybody knows it. But still, it doesn't mean that. On the other hand, the French population has to take has to take this. You know they don't have to deal with it, so they can implement their immigration policies. I mean French or France has destroyed a lot of nations and they should do more to help rebuild them as opposed to extract resources but and this is a big but they don't have to and they're not going to and instead what's gonna happen is this classes are gonna get worse this is only the beginning in a few years you are gonna have not a civil war but you're gonna have more terrorist acts in fact France has the largest or the biggest the largest or the biggest, it's the same thing, has the most terrorist acts of any European nation, followed by, close to by Germany, who has taken a lot of refugees, and again, the reason this happens is because you isolate people, you put them in these ghettos, because they're poor, they don't speak the language, they become extreme, they're like, well, hell, Europe is just as bad as we thought, we're treated poorly, and again, the French are very, they love their culture, and you may wonder, well, why shouldn't they, and they should love it, but this creates tension, so, the uh, answer is what should we do? Well, the answer is either do better at integrating, or don't take in refugees and stop their certain countries. You know, what else? What are we gonna do? Uh, so that's it for La France. To next segment. All right, for our th- second segment, I believe we're gonna be talking about Twitter and its threat, uh, threat, uh, Facebook threats, threats. This stupid thing, it's its uh, the competitor for Twitter, uh, from uh, one L. Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, you heard this right. The creator of Facebook, or one of the creators of Facebook, has launched a Twitter competitor called Threads. Uh, now you may wonder, is it good, is it bad? Well, nobody cares. Honestly, nobody really cares. This is two individuals who got very lucky. And yes, they're smart. They're probably smarter than me. Perhaps not. I don't know. But they got very lucky, and now they're billionaires who want to create a social media, or, well, rather, one of them wants to create a social media to compete with another guy who essentially bought Twitter on a whim. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that a psychopath who is on uh, a lot of uh, um, amphetamines does. You know, and don't tell me Musk isn't on them, because he probably is. He's on a lot of uppers, and he's like, well, wouldn't it be cool if I buy Twitter? Everybody would love me, like my dad never did. It's like, bro, your dad didn't love you. Everybody is just... They don't care about you, bro. Trust me, they don't. I mean, a lot of people seem like they do, but they don't. Okay, go. He's always talking about like kids. You need to have more kids? He's like, yeah. Would who my waitress, bro? Like you did, fucking asshole. I mean, he's cool. Whatever. I don't care. But uh, it's so stupid. I hear a lot of the new media talking about Twitter and Twitter threats and what it could mean, and is it really a competitor? And look, there's a, something called Blue Skies from the creator from the creator of Twitter. You know whatever his name is, you know, he also created, uh, WhatsApp, no, 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 not WhatsApp, he created, um, what the hell, Cash App, Cash App, which is, you know, it's like a billion dollar company, so, uh, Jack Dorsey, he's good, man, he's really good, but, you know, he went on, um, one of the new media shows, uh, called, uh, Breaking Points, really good show, really good show, and, you know, he gave a brief interview, but a critique of Breaking Points, it seems like they only, they only do, like, an hour- or a little bit of an hour of news, and a lot of their news is just stupid things like Twitter. Like who cares? And I know they're like, well, we gotta talk about it. We gotta gotta talk about AI, and we gotta do this and this other thing. And the Titanic, go to the Titan. And I don't wanna talk about the Titan, but new media has failed the test. And I know there's plenty of videos on YouTube and, and and which is part of the new media, and in a bunch of other old media. They're all well, probably not old media. About how new media has failed, and they have. I mean, if you listen to any of these cult leaders, which is what they are, you know, you're like your Ben Shapiro's, your uh, "What Is a Woman," whatever his name is. Which I mean, what a grift, bro. Like I wish I could talk about trans being against trans. Like homeboy over here, man. Like he made his he made his money. He was like, I'm sad. He he created his mockumentary. What is a woman? Because I mean, that's what it is, honestly. And I know we live in a world of, of woke ideology, but it'll die down, you know. And then, of course, what was his name? I forgot his name. Well, the dude with the documentary, what is a woman, whatever his name, Matt Walsh. Uh, he's RP, right? So he's Red Pill. He's part of the RP movement. So you don't have the the communist against the, uh, what, what was the other one? The fascists, the reds versus the whites. You don't have the republicans versus the... Um, what was it in, in in Spain? The 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 Republicans versus what? The the conservatives. I don't know what the hell it was. So you have your two groups set in America too. You have the RPs, the red pails, and the woke, and everybody else in between. And the woke have taken over. Much mainstream media, not all of it, mainstream media is backing up, and you can tell they're backing off because they're talking about different things. And R.P. has control of a lot of the new media, which is just gurus, called the personality, like Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro, and, and you know, like, what was, it, what was it? what is their network called, uh, the Daily Wire Plus? Okay, bro. Uh, Jordan Peterson, of course, Joe Rogan, which I actually like, you know, like, if you're going to follow a cult leader, follow Joe Rogan, because at least he has thousands of hours of conversations with hundreds of people that are able to give you a perspective on life or in life or whatever. But you got your mad wash. And again, what is a woman? It's a freaking mockumentary. If you don't know what a woman is, then come on, bro. You're an idiot. I know gender is a social construct, but but so is the word chair. Okay, you can call it a freaking bunkaroo, but it's still a chair no matter what you call it. If we suddenly start saying bunkaroos, bunkaroos, it doesn't mean it has changed what its use is, but it just has changed the name of it. So you can say cis woman, you can say trans woman, but a woman is still a bunkaroo, you know what I mean? So it's a mockumentary when he goes around the world asking me, well, what is a woman? Well, I can tell you what a woman is. A woman is a bunkaroo. And you may you ask, well, what's a bunkaroo? Oh, well, that's just what I call a chair. Like, well, why don't you just call a chair? Because I want I like bunkaroo. It's still the same thing. It serves the same purpose. You know, it hasn't changed what it is. It's just a different name. A social construct is a bunkaroo. A social contract contra- construct is what we call family. or the the nuclear family. A social construct construct is what we call a marriage and all the kinds of crap. You know, if you wanna go back to the fifteen hundreds, people used to live with a large family. What happened with that? Cousins, wives, you marry your your girlfriend, and guess what? You're gonna be living with your parents and with your brothers and sisters, and then her brothers are gonna be living with their parents and their girlfriends. That's how things used to be. It changed in America and it's changing in much of the world. But in a lot of in a larger portion of the world this is how things still are, because you have to take care of your old parents. Instead, what happened is when the world changed, the state became responsible for taking care of the elderly, so children were, guess what, free to pursue their careers and to pursue their passions and to become productive members of society because that attachment to their family and that feeling that they have to provide for them and be there in case they needed them went away. So their potential was exploited by private industry and guess who else, El Mm -hmm. Govermento. So then that's why your productivity exploded exponentially. And this happened in the 1800s, and it happened in the 1900s, and it's happening now, except that now we're falling back to a default, which is multiple families living in the same household. That's why you have people in their 30s and 40s and late 20s and 20s and whatever coming back and moving in with their parents. It's not weird. It's pretty normal. So our productivity is lower, but in a lot of cases... It's about the same because a lot of the things that we produce has changed how we produce it. We essentially created this thing called a subsidy where we subsidize our industry to other nations, such as China, India, Mexico, etc., etc., Honduras, Nicaragua, Bolivia. Well, not not Nicaragua. At least I don't think. But we subsidize that. And then when we subsidize our parents' welfare to the government, productivity rose and now we're again defaulting so we have a choice do we create our own productivity here at home in the u.s our industry which would be great but it would also mean that our families are going to guess what get larger so next thing you know your mom and your dad are going to live with you or you're going to live with them you're going to get a girlfriend have a kid and they're going to help you raise it and then we're back to the village style in which we have large no- nuclear families Except that this is not going to be a nuclear family. It's going to be a nucleus family because, you, well, you're going to have multiple people taking care of the kids and raising the kids, etc., etc. And that's better for society when you have a larger family to rely on. That's also why friendships are down and all kinds of stuff. People living alone or with roommates who they barely talk to them and they don't have any friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever. And they we're reverting back to that because guess what? Just like when you abandon a building and weeds grow into that building and destroy it, so too that we fall back to our tribal ways. And a tribe is our family, first and foremost. So a lot of the people who are saying, oh, we need to bring back the nuclear family. Family values are great. Are the same people that are telling you, you're a fucking loser for living with your parents when you're 36. And he's like, no, bro, this is what normal looks like. You live with your parents so that you can help them and they can help you. They may not be able to work, but they take care of your kids and your wife and you work and you pay for the home and the food and they subsidize the money that you were going to pay for. Guess what? Childcare to your parents. They take care of the house. They clean it. They do maintenance on it. Basic things. Not Obviously, they're not going to freaking vacuum the ceiling for you you know basic things it is a community they may also work if they're not too old and contribute to it and guess what all that money that's been saved you can later use it to buy the home of your parents maybe they give it to you and then maybe you buy a second property or invest in the stock market with a Roth IRA or what do I know and a lot of them is paid and then the taxes are used to take care of your parents meaning that when they're too old to work Not only are you taking care of them and helping them out, you're also getting a little check from the government or your parents are, and they're using that to help you. So that's how you create wealth, and that is what a normal world family looks like. Now, this stupid idea that you have to be a man and a woman living in a little shitty apartment by yourselves with a kid or two, and then taking it to daycare, where he's going to play with a bunch of random kids, which is great if it's a play date. But it's not great if you're just doing it because you have to. When you live with your mom or your dad, oh, they live two hours away. Why don't you live with them? Why don't they live with you? Oh, because my work is in the city and I don't want a two-hour commute. So instead, you want a two-hour running around the city because you have to go put the kid here. You have to go... Pick the kid there. You have to go to work. You have to go, to eat, and then go back home. And you're like, everything is so close, but etc. Jaga jaga, just the way the world works, and it's going to work again. You need family, and family matters. Do not get distracted when you find an online girl like Andrew Tane telling you, "You suck, and you need to give me all your money because you fucking suck." Say like, yeah, I know I suck, but guess what? I have a family that likes me. They back me up. They give me freaking advice. I I can rely on them. They can rely on me. Sometimes I hate them, but I also love them. That's what a family is. I don't need you or your community because I have one at home. And the people that they know are an extension of that. And that's how I'm introduced to girlfriends and friends. And we have things in common with other people other than the members of my family because they have an extended group of friends who also have people that are my age. I don't need girls. I don't need you. And I don't need to go to a webcam, talk to a young woman who you have exploited to tell me how beautiful I am and how much she loves me, and then give her money. I don't need that anymore. Because I have friends and family that tell me that I will find the right girl, and even though that might not be true, at least it's not a fake girl telling me that she loves me. It's a friend. It's a really, really close friend, and we're going to regain that if we make it okay, to live with your parents or your uncles or your cousins, if It's okay if you have a big large family, you know. Everybody always wants, you know, peace and quiet and it's great. But guess what? Sometimes people prefer to have a room in a large house and spend a quiet evening there than in an apartment with a cat, a hamster, and a girlfriend who you only see once a week because she works out of town. And then you have affairs, and then she does too, and then nobody loves each other. If you have a family, you're constantly fighting and arguing. But also enjoying the little things and seeing that life has more to it. You're there, and bad. in the bad and good times. You're not across the city from her and talking to her about how much you wish she was here. And she, yes, but I got to go see my mom. And she does, but you feel like she doesn't. You feel like she's lying to you. Because you have been lying to her. And then you go to on- online and then some dude is telling you how women are shit. And how they're only here to serve. And how you should find a woman who has, I don't know, what do you call them? Traditional values. Which essentially means that they are okay with you making a mess and picking up after you. And a normal American woman is like, yeah, no, you pick up your shit, I pick up my shit. Because guess what? we were both on our own for a long time, and I don't want to pick up after you, and if you had a large family, she's like, well, I don't want to live with your mom, do you want to live with mine, and you're like, well, no, they're like, well, then guess what, neither one is going to live together, and this is not going to work, but what happens if instead, you have a, it's okay if you move in with her and her family, and it's okay if she moves in with yours Then suddenly, the pressures are going to be lessened. And you may say, well, how does this help? And I say, well, if you meet a girl. And you're like, well, hey, uh, I'm taking care of my parents. And she's like, oh, well. Tough titties, pal. I'll see you later. You were perfect. But, you know. And if we make it more acceptable, she'll be like, oh, that's cool. You know, you take care of them. And then we'll live together. But, hey. Don't expect me to take care of them. And you're like, that's fine. And then. You know, she does help you, obviously, a little bit. And then you help her with her parents. And she, maybe she's like, hey, you know, should we, you know, all move together? It's like, great, let's do that. And then you have kids, and then your parents and her parents help you. I know this sounds like a, a really bad idea for for a lot of people. And, you know, like, that's the thing, right? Like, nothing is going to be a fit for everybody. Some people are going to want this. Some people are going to want to live with their parents and their cousins or whatever. And others are gonna want to live alone, and that's okay. That's why we have government programs. That's why we need to make this okay, because people talk about traditional family values, but they don't realize that it's a acceptance of once parents and grandparents and other family members, such as cousins or aunts. It's an extension of that family. Maybe your cousin is alone because her her parents or his parents are in jail or they were in an accident and they are or maybe they got deported i don't know right maybe something happened to where this little kid is on his own he's 14 and he needs a place to crash and your girlfriend is like nah you know you didn't want to help my cousin when he lost his parents so no fuck your cousin should make it okay to where he lives with you guys and you help him and you Essentially, give him a home until he's back on his feet. With his, if he's fourteen, it'll probably take more than four years. Maybe take him five or six. Maybe he's twenty. And you're like, well, you gotta get the fuck out of here, bro. It's like, no, it's maybe, maybe it's cool if he lives with you guys. You know, unless it's a bad relationship. But if it's a cool one, who cares, man? You know, help out a family. Obviously, they're just abusing it, and they're like, yeah, I have other places to stay, but I'm just abusing you. And yeah, kick the guy out, but. You know, it should be okay to help family. But I guess people only say we should bring back traditional values in a family so they can scam you out of a few bucks that you donate to their patron or so you can watch their video and they can get ad revenue. I don't know, man. You choose where you spend your money. But I want to bring back traditional family values, which is making it okay if you have a parent that needs you Making it okay for your girlfriend or your boyfriend to move in with you and live with you guys. Or move in with him or whatever the case may be. It should be okay that you have a single mom and she lives with you. And she moves in with you and your, and uh, I don't know, mama or your papa or your cousin or your brother or whatever. Whoever you're helping. It should be okay. But it's not. People don't want that. People People are scared of single mothers. You are scared of a woman who has a dad who is living with her. He's like, Whoa you know, when they have a first day, they go, well, hey, is the old man with you? Yeah, he's my dad. He's living with me. He's like, well, this isn't going to work. It should be okay Do not fall for this mainstream gla- glamorification of what your life should be. It should be okay to share a life with an extension of family. And then to bring it back to gurus they only want your money and explore you and abuse you and tell you what you think you want to hear and then tell they're going to send you to a website where you're going to put in your credit card information and pay for a stupid thing you don't need like a course on how to be a mainly it's mainly geared towards men you know how to be a successful man how to treat women and i know there's a few women out there who are lurking or scamming chicks but nobody knows about because Nobody really cares about, you know, when a woman gets scammed, they're like, well, I know that sounds harsh, but it is, you know, bring back old uh, fashion feminism and make it okay to be like, yeah, I can knock this man out. He can knock my ass out, but I still think I should be able to have a job like him in a field like him, you know, maybe not throwing around fucking rocks. But uh, guess what, I can be a writer, I can be an electrician, uh, I can be a mechanic, I can be a researcher, I can be a fighter pilot, pilot, or maybe not, I don't know. I can be a soldier, you know, I can be a T-bird repair guy, I can be a professor, I can be a scammer too, or a podcaster. Like, women can do most jobs that men can, there are some that they obviously can't do, you know, but they can do most, and that's what a new... Woman wants to be like, Yeah, you can do anything you want, and then she's gonna be like, Yeah, I know, and and I know too that there are things that I can't do. For example, I can't beat the shit out of you, and he'll be like, Yeah, I, I know, but why would I want to do that? You know what I mean? And she'll be like, Yeah, I know, but I can be a fireman like you, and he'll be like, Well, probably not, but I mean, you can be a firewoman and then do a bunch of the things that I can do, but not everything. You can't be a 400 pound man. And she'll be like, yeah, you're right, but neither can you. And he would be like, yeah, but, you know, 350 for sure. And she'll be like, yeah, I mean, yeah, probably 320, but I don't know, 350. And then he would be like, well, you know, I'll, I'll show it to you next. I remember that guy who was like 10 feet tall. She's like, bro, that, he was like 5'8". He was like, yeah, but he was like 250. And she was like, well, yeah. And remember how you couldn't carry him? And she's like, yeah, I know, because he was like 290, I think he's like, well, there you go. And she's like, yeah, I know. I know you're stronger than me, bro, but I can do most things. He's like, I know. Not to mention you'll be there, right? And he'll be like, yeah. And, you know, that's how that would go. Again, there are plenty of jobs that women can do that men can. And there are jobs that women can do but men can't. And women can't and all that kind of stuff. You know, like, that is very obvious. But, again, when feminists say, well, I know there's some woke feminists. But when women say, hey, we should be paid equally for the same job, you're like, yes. Well, unless you can do the job, in which case, then no shit, right? You don't, we wouldn't get paid for it, right? Like, you wouldn't be... Like, what's a job that, I mean, again, I guess fireman, you know, like you can't do everything that a fireman can as a woman. And she'll be like, I understand. But there are other things that you can do as a fireman that a firewoman can do. And I should uh, Okay, I'm, I'm a little confused, I'm going to be honest with you. But you get the point, you know. Women can do most things that men can, but not everything, and that's okay, they just want to be able to do the same things that men can do that they also can do, which is most, it's like 90%, and that should be acceptable. And that's the end of segment L3, I think, I don't know, next segment. Alright, I know I wanted off a tangent on family there at the end, but let's go back to the new mainstream medium. And how they have failed so again there's plenty of like videos on youtube and stuff where it goes over how new media has failed and they have again i watch breaking points uh, the federalist and there's a couple others that i forget the name of and i went on a tangent about gurus which is part of the same issue that a lot of new media is just like old media they talk about nonsense uh news like facebook or like twitter and facebook threats or whatever the hell it is and talk about a stupid ai and the titan and again, I know I went over this earlier, but they go over the same shit in less time. You have a new media who's like, yeah, we have an hour, like breaking points. And instead of covering the protest in France or something that happened in Ethiopia or whatever, or in Mexico, like hell, there's news in Mexico. There's gonna, there is going, there is a AMLO, the president of Mexico, is on his last ter- year. Next year, they have... Elections, you know, Peru or Bolivia has elections. You know, there's things going on in Latin America and around the world, but they, they don't care. And they're like, now ah, let's talk about Twitter, Twitter threats or fucking Facebook threats." They don't care about that or AI or the freaking aliens. They talk about the same bullshit, except within an hour or an hour and thirty. And at the end, they do like a monologue, which is great. But if it, it would be great if you did two shows, right? you know what I mean? You did like your <clears throat> our new show, then you need like another 30 minutes where you gave like a 10-minute monologue. And then I know they do this for like the patrons. I don't know if they do more in the patrons. They, must, they They probably do. Oh, Actually, they probably do that. But still, they're new media. They're putting up commercials in their shows. And they're saying, you know that thing that you can get on cable? And you know how you get like a bunch of them on Facebook and YouTube? Yeah, we have that too, but we're gonna spend an hour and give you the free shit where we talk about Twitter threats, or fucking aliens in New Mexico, or about how I don't know there was coke in the White House, which yeah, there's there's a lot of shit in the White House, fucking murders there too, and war criminals. But whatever, let's not talk about that. And then they spend less time on important news. I mean, they do cover some of the important news, obviously most of it. And I know, and I know, like a lot of the news, is, like the new media's like to do social commentary. Like all of them do this shit, where they talk about like social events. I'm like, well, the woke, and the red pills, and the RPs, which is what I call the red pills, which is the equivalent of the left woke is the right pill is the red pills. And then Trump, and then whatever, and they do a lot of social commentary, which again, the old media, the old legacy media, does it. But then guess what buddy legacy media is here to stay because you have just become that very thing you want to destroy and then the reason you wanted to do that was because not because you felt that legacy media was bad but because you felt that you could do it better and guess what man that's what a that's what a channel was right like you had an opposing uh news network to compete with the Existing one, and then at the end, it was like, Yeah, this one's different, and I like it because the people that are on this network, you know, I can trust them. You know, they're no nonsense, Joe. And then I'll tell it to you straight, Nancy. But then, as it turns out, they're just hosts who read off a teleprompter often from things that a writer wrote. I mean, you had like Tucker Carlson, he was like a late night show, I think, and he did interviews. It was like a 30 minute, an hour show or 30 minute, whatever the hell he was, and he had writers. Everybody has writers, which I get it. You need writers but at the end of the day you're nothing but a host. New media is the same grift as old media, except that now you directly contribute to their budget, you know? Instead of being like, Yeah, we have this cable package that comes with dish network they go, Yeah, we have this uh whatever the hell and then you can pay a bucks on Patreon and you get extra stuff and you go, I I really don't like the the free stuff, Why the hell would I like the old stuff? And then you have like hundreds of fucking comedians who have their own podcast. And a lot of them are funny, but they talk about how great they are. You know, they jack each other off. They're like, well, you're so great. You're so funny. And then isn't it wonderful that we get to do this? Fucking dystopian world. Again, I enjoy it, but it's not, nothing but freaking popcorn. You know, it's candy. It is a freaking treat. It is an endurable freaking nightmare. Well, not an endurable name. It is nothing but freaking junk food for the brain. You know, comedian podcast, junk food for the brain. You know, murder mysteries, junk food for the brain. Which, by the way, Discovery Channel does them too. And so the BuzzFeed. But that one died. And guess what? The Discovery Channel is going hard about murder mysteries, bro. Uh, And then, you know, like the new media is mostly just a guy in a chair like me. Giving his opinion about social things like I am. Except that they have a bigger studio, and they make money, like me, who I don't make anything. But that's okay. But that's all it is. New media is old media, but shittier. Until they become wealthy enough to do a better job. But then it's just old media, dude. It's like, yeah, we have offices and employees. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Chicken for days? And then you go, no, there's not chicken for days. <laughs> it's good old-fashioned Chicken farms, and you're like, well, what the hell's the difference between chicken for days and uh, chicken farms? And I just been watching Bojack Horseman. I don't know they even call chicken farms, but like uh, they're giving you chocolate and telling you, no, I sort of guys, this is fudge, and you go, well, what's the difference? Well, you see, the difference is, and then they'll go on about the consistency, the texture, and you'll be like, yeah, I know it's a different thing, but they taste like chocolate. They taste pretty similar. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is, and then you're like, yeah, dude, I know they're different, but they're pretty much the same thing at the same time. Well, no, 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 fudge is incredibly different than chocolate. And you're like, yeah, but they both kill dogs, right? And they go, yeah, I mean, dogs can't have chocolate or fudge. So then you go, so then what? Is At the end of the day, it's is the same shit in different forms. And they go, well, not exactly, but yeah, I mean, same flavor, you mean? And you're like, they're like, yeah. So then what's the difference between old media and new media? the same difference between uh, fudge and chocolate and that is uh, to say uh, a little a a minuscule one and a ginormous one depending on who you ask Uh, that's that's what that means Um, which speaking of which I got to call the school to see what's up with the uh, financial aid you know that's another thing I think I talked about last time about student loans but uh, that was the that was that on on a or freaking new media versus legacy media, and those fucking comedians who keep having a podcast, and they're like, "Well, we're so funny, aren't we?" They you buy the luxurious car, and then they give out their opinions about things, and you're like, "Bro, it's like either a lot of them either they're broke and they're fucking hilarious, which is the funniest one when when you have like a, a comedian who's just starting his podcast who's like getting kind of getting famous, and they have another comedian who is barely making it as well, and by barely making, and which is sad but then they get on and they just talk about stories and make it funny. Like, that is entertainment. It is amazing junk food as opposed to when you have, like, two rich comedians who, who made it and they, they become lame. And, and I know uh, Joe Rogan has this where he invites comedians who are wealthy, as wealthy as he is, and then they start talking about expensive shit or giving their opinions on, on certain things. And they're like, yo, well, you, we used to be bo- broke. And you're like, yeah, but you're also an asshole now. Uh, not wrong. he's pretty cool, but still, he's out of touch, which is to say, they talk about things that most of us will never get, which is fine, you enjoy it, just know that it's not entertainment, it's not good junk food, you know, it's like if you go to, uh, to a restaurant, you're having, you know, medium and potatoes, and then all of a sudden you eat a potato, and the fucking potato taste kind of grows. and then you know which potato, and then you take another potato, and it's amazing, so that's what a conversation with, uh, Rich comedians is like and I know Tom Segura has his own podcast and a bunch of them and their own little freaking world of uh, entertainment you know their own little universe which is okay a lot of it is fine but too many commercials man that's what a lot of these stupid podcasts do they have too many commercials which makes it no different than a talk show host you know you have a 40 minute show and then 10 minutes you spend it on commercials and tell me about your tour date and it's like yeah we live in a dystopian society they're like no comedians. They're the, they're the cement that holds the whole this whole building together. And like, no. it's like no, bro. You're you're nothing but an entertainer. You're no different than a football player or a, an actor. You are a. I mean, I hate to say this, but you're like the lowest level of society. In in a conservative world, in a liberal world, entertainers they make a lot of money because they are the uh, opiate of the masses as Marx used to say about religion but then somebody was like no democracy is really the <laughs> the uh, the uh, opiate of the masses and then some and they actually is like no bro it's entertainment entertainment is the opiate of the masses you have comedians uh, boxers which is to say uh, sportsmen what do they call themselves athletes you know th- that is the real opiate of the masses When you have somebody telling you what to think, and you're like, well, you're very funny, and I share your opinions. And then you have other people telling you, no, those people are wrong. You should vote for this. And you're like, well, wait, he wasn't telling me who to vote for. He was just making a joke, and you're like, oh, but, you know, he makes a good point. So then you have, you know, the new world of podcasting and entertainment, which is very similar to radio. You know what i mean like if you listen to a podcast and they break up for commercial you're like yeah this is like radio back in the day except that i can listen to at any time which is amazing it's amazing how we just with the internet would have you meant to radio and other things i know that it's amazing but i don't know man like honestly those are that that is really really weird how most of it is just entertaining just opiate for the masses and then the other thing is how everybody has a political opinion, you know. There's a third world saying, which I know I'm not inventing, about how the United States is the only nation in, in the world who has legalized corruption. Which is to say that they take bribes and all kinds of donations. And that's okay because they're donations. That's okay because they're donations. Um, there's this saying, again, in the third world about how the U.S. is the first, is the only nation... That has legalized corruption and you, again you know it's true but it's not the only one who has corruption right and it, it's still a great nation you know like I don't want people to get the bad wrong idea uh, which is what I hear you know a lot of people are obviously out there uh, espousing fear that the United States is on the it's it's in decline and it's a very accepted term which I disagree with the United States is a nation on the brink of decline it is up to us to turn that motherfucker around. You know, we need social programs and we need to make it so that Americans have a chance at achieving the middle class. And the middle class, I mean, hell, the middle class bar is pretty low. You don't have to make a lot of money to be middle class, but you just have to make it. And a lot of jobs are not offering that. Instead, they're subsidizing to the government. You know, you have somebody working a job, a full-time job. And barely, within one check, making enough so that they can pay rent. With the other one, well, they're paying everything else. And then it's not enough. If you work two weeks and you make the equivalent of one month's rent in two weeks, what does that mean? You may say, well, you can get a second job. And I think I've discussed this before. But oftentimes when you have one, when a full-time job, they want you to be available at different times of the day. And if you're lucky enough to find a job that allows you to work certain hours, then you can get a second job. But unless you have nothing else to do, and if you don't, which a lot of people they don't have every something to do every day, that's fine, you know. Get a second job. But that second job shouldn't be so you could eat. That second job should be that you could better yourself, should be that you can save money, perhaps go to school, perhaps buy a, a house. It shouldn't be so that you can pay rent. And oftentimes Rent is just as expensive as mortgage and then, yeah, there's more expenses with a house, but if you made in a week enough to pay your rent and in the next week enough to pay your rent again, then that would mean that you're making double what you're making. So you would be able to save to put a down payment in the house, take a loan and then pay it. Instead, you need that second income to make what you're making, but oftentimes it's not possible because The other jobs that you can get require you the same level of attention that the first one does. And you may not find that. You may find a job that's part-time and it sucks. And I know you can tell me, well, there's somebody that I know that is working a second and a third job. And they're making a killing. And he's like, well, yeah. But not everybody can. Not everybody will. And not everybody is fortunate enough to have that available. It's, they're just not And you can say that You can call them lazy But I just call them realist You know There's some people That just can't The people that can Are already doing it The people that can't well, they just can't Do it And not to mention That With you Having a job That requires you To be available 24-7 Meaning that Today you work at 10 Tomorrow you work at 4 The next day You work at 6 And then not making enough For food then guess what? You go to food stamps, you go to rent assistance, you go to perhaps, I don't know, a service job as a waiter because, well, you know, you need a second job, so you might as well be a waiter a couple of days, the day the, the days that you're off, and then instead of making a full day's pay, you are at the whims of the diner or dineese so they can give you a tip. And the company, the restaurant is like, well, we can't pay you 725, we can't pay you nine, we'll pay you like five bucks, and then whatever else you make on tips. And you're like, Well, what if we don't get I don't get any tips? Oh, you'll get tips. And then you can and you might. But then the question becomes, Well then why? Why can't you pay me a livable wage? Why can't you pay me the equivalent of what I would get on tips? Now I get it. If people want to tip you, that's fine, and, but you should pay them the base salary, you should pay the minimum wage. And then whatever else tips, I mean, it shouldn't be a requirement for me as a dinee to go in and then pay these dudes wage because you're too much of a stickler to pay them freaking 10 bucks or whatever it may be so that they can live a life. And for a lot of people who it is their second income, you know, like I shouldn't be this guy's freaking what? What would you call it? Sponsor? You know, I got bills, too. That's why people don't go out to eat. That's why the economy slowed down. Because you're supposed to tip. You order food from a uh, online website. You know, from one of them, them famous ones. Or you order a pizza. And then you have to tip. And then the people get mad. They're like, well, why don't you tip me more? And it's like, bro, I'm brokey too. And they're like, well, you got a nice house. Well, you got a nice car. It's like, yeah, guess what, dick? I'm still paying for this motherfucker. And I can be giving out $20 tips. You know, it's like, well, why don't you... You know, tell the guy who you're working for to give you more money. They're like, no, that's fine. The government says, it's fine. Uh, let the society subsidize their pay. Then they wonder why our service industry, which we are a nation of service. You know, the United States has a service industry economy, which means that we essentially do favors for each other. And then if we don't have money to go out and eat or consume, well, then the, that whole thing comes down. If I go out to eat and I'm like, well, I really need, I really want some pantaloons, but I really wanna wanna go out to eat. I guess I'll skip on the pantaloons because I gotta tip this guy, and then I gotta go get coffee, and then I gotta tip that guy too. Except at McDonald's, you don't gotta tip at McDonald's. Which, thank God, you don't have to tip. Although you can. Um, I work at Mc, I used to work at this McDonald's, and then the weirdest things would happen. Like, the, here's the thing, right? There's this thing called pay it forward, right? Or pay it backwards, whatever the fuck. Where you get a guy and they're like, hey, I would like to pay for the person behind me. And you're like, great. So they pay you. Then you tell the person behind them that they, they pay for you. Sometimes they pay your f- <laughs> they pay for the person behind them. And then you get these uh, lanes where they're paying for the person behind them. And a lot of people get off on it. And a lot of people that work there, they're very excited. But for the person who's being the cashier, I'm going to be honest with you, it is fucking annoying. Because they're like, bro, get your food and go. Like, I'm just trying to do my eight hours so I can get out of here. But it's nice. It's a nice thing. But it is pretty annoying if you work in that industry. Or you might love it. I don't know. I personally didn't care for it. But I'm a pessimist. I mean, I'm not a pessimist, but I I am a a party pooper. Not in real life. Just in, like, people being super nice. I'm always like, "What what are you trying to do for reals? I don't know. I'm a very, very person... A very person I don't know But You know You shouldn't be expecting Or you shouldn't be hoping That somebody pays for your meal You shouldn't be expecting That if you go to a job Or that if you go out to eat You have to pay For your food And you have to pay for these dudes Fucking tips I mean What about the cooks in the back You know They make good money Probably not But they probably do Which by the way I really want to I like to cook I want to be a cook I mean, not really, because that shit would get annoyed after a while. Maybe a chef, perhaps. Perhaps a chef, I don't know. But again, a lot of these companies, they're subsidizing their wages to employees. And that's not cool. All right, guys, this has been it on this episode of A Brief Opinion. I've been your host, Jose. Until next time, Jose out.